Welcome back to the Gym Owners Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Tyler. My other co-host over there is John. Hi, John. Hi, Tyler. All right, guys. Well, we have a kind of a fun one today. This is this is one of the most interesting conundrums. Like, as a guy that loves problem solving, like I do, it's like it's purely in my blood. This is one that I don't have a good answer for, but there's a million right answers for this problem, okay? Especially in the functional fitness space. If you're a functional fitness gym, what is most likely your biggest expense? The space you're renting, right? Right. Usually. I mean, of course, there's up to a certain scale. Then, of course, it's payroll and all that sort of stuff. But, like, for a lot of you guys out there, your big nut you got to cover, the bulk of that nut is rent. Rent. Rent, electricity, heat around these parts. Everything tied to the, the property, yeah. right? Now, but what are we paying for when we're paying for rent? You're paying for access to this facility, right? You're, you're paying. This is now your space. By the way, I'm, most of you, as far as I know, have I haven't seen anybody that has an arrangement that's not that doesn't give you 24-hour access to your gym, to your property that you're at, right? Your lease, no matter what, you probably can do business at during most business hours for sure. Bar, I mean, I can't imagine a fitness gym having noise issues even. No. No, I mean you'd have to be because five your five a.m. Like, is as much a problem as as anybody's eight p.m. or nine p.m. Yeah, you'd have so, to have the facility like at the basement so, of, or like in an apartment building. And as we've been around the world, the thing that I notice the most: people's gyms are fucking empty a lot of the day, and specifically gyms that if most of what you have is just group classes. You've got five to six hours a day, five days a week, tops, that your business is even being used, that your biggest investment is even having the opportunity to give you any return on. Well, people aren't going to come, though. Like, there's a reason why there's popular yeah. times during the day. So they're just not like it's uh, you're not going to have a, an 11, you know, whatever the time yeah. is, a 10 a.m. class or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. And so this is one where I don't want to tell people that this is not that this is a problem you're making that like you're fucking up. By not having your gym filled. This is like the game we're playing, right? Like if you can sell people coming in at five and six in the morning and maybe you have an 830 or a nine o'clock time slot after school drop off, then yeah, your 10 a.m. spot's going to be like a weird spot. There's not as many people that have jobs that allow them to work out from 10 to 1130. That can afford, can afford to go to your gym. But the truth is those people do exist. They do. In your market, there's some. And I think that there's, we can, I think you can take a multifaceted approach to making sure that you're not just wasting a bunch of opportunity by having just empty time on your gym. Cause I mean, I'm 75% of the hours that you're paying for your gym is, has zero opportunity to make you money. Mm. That's the truth, right? Well, it's the different, it's the different ways of what that you're going to try and make money in your gym, I guess. Right. Cause like yeah. one of the reasons why, why don't you have a group class for the same coach that could coach a group of 15 or 20 people you like it's at some point it's going to cost more to put that person on the floor to coach the two people mm -hmm. or one person that might show up because yeah. you're still kind of keeping that model so you're talking about like alternative ways of making money and then like using that space yeah. in a totally different way so i want to start first on the while your gym has people in it while your gym has people in it, your gym should be busy. 
And I'll tell you this, the gyms that we've been in that are the most successful gyms uh, are busy. They feel busy when they walk in. You ever go to a restaurant and see a restaurant owner who's like super fired up about his place and it's going really well when it's empty? No. Like a good restaurateur goes in there and knows when the place is full and the people are happy and the drinks are flowing and meals are coming out and be like, oh shit, like look, that's the vibe. If you're into the restaurant business, that's the vibe that you love. You're like, oh yeah. shit, people love it and they want to shake your hand on the way out. Like as a guy that used to manage a kitchen, like I loved that part. When it was busy and we'd get slammed when I could get just enough to zoom out and like be like, oh, this, like this is what you're here for because so many in the restaurant industry, so many hours, again, are very unprofitable. And you better make up for it when you get slammed two nights a week, three nights a week. You can make a week's worth of revenue in just a couple hours very often. Sure. And so gym owners need to understand that when you're looking around at your gym floor, having a group class that's going on and then nothing else is going on, it's okay. That's probably okay. But you're missing out on an opportunity for all of those people to also see someone getting one-on-one -on -one coaching or sure. somebody doing a semi-private coaching arrangement where like, oh, that's a custom private group. Oh, I didn't know we did that. You have these constant reminders that your gym is doing things instead of yeah. you constantly having to say, hey, we do these things in a solicitation-based way. So I think the first thing you need to do is when your gym is open, when you're there, when your people are there, it's okay to have things going on kind of at similar times. I think it's actually a, a great advantage to selling those products. I think if you, totally. have, you, will, if you have clients who are in one-on-ones and want to maybe graduate on to something else, that's the perfect opportunity for them to be seeing specialty programs going on at the same time, or they should be seeing your group fitness and go, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, Steve from down the street goes there. Like, I, I kind of like, okay, I, I could probably get in on that. Well, now yeah. you've done it. You've corralled them in and you can kind of hand them off into a group fitness thing, or they can do both. They can do high, but that's how people can really learn and get on board with all of the things that you offer without you just constantly having to wave it in front of their face. It, it probably even a better reason of like, if you're the gym owner to not be the one that's stuck coaching every single class that's in, because if you want to be able to bring somebody in that's new, you probably don't want to be like, Oh, I want to have somebody that could be new or is going to join the gym or is going to participate with us in some way to come when the gym is empty. Because it's like, you lose out on all of that energy, like yeah. that raw energy that's in there. So somebody walks in and it's just, oh, this is just a big empty space. And this is, yeah. and I, and now I'm kind of nervous because it's just the two of us that are inside this building. And here's the other benefit of having your one on ones and semi privates going on during your group classes is you're there. That means there's two people doing the thing. Meaning if you're going to have an inexperienced coach there, yeah. guess what? If you're the ace, you can have them going on with something that's making money that's just within reach of you. So you can bop over, bop over and be like, hey, I'm seeing this. You can give them coaching feedback. You can give them space. You can give them feedback. But you can always make your clients will then still feel heard or adjacent to you as the owner. Or at least that like this is an experience that's not happening off in the vacuum. It's not happening off behind some closed door. And by the way, if people want the private thing. This is where I would go with it. If people wanted, like, you know what? I want my one-on-ones, but I don't want anyone in the gym. Perfect. That just costs you more money. That's yeah. another truth. If, if they want something short notice, if they want it on the weekends, or if they want it, uh, you know, when nobody else is allowed to watch them sweat, 
that's mm -hmm. probably needs to cost more. So if you require that, I suggest you either get a couple of people you're comfortable sweating with and come in on a semi-private group or Bingo. yeah, that's fine. I do have these fully private time slots, but they're $125 an hour because I got to shut the gym down. And by the way, and if someone who wants to pay it, we'll pay it and let them. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But like thinking, and, and I, I say this, I say these things because this type of brainstorming, problem solving is like, it's the way I enjoy solving problems. I like, I don't think any one of these is an idea that you should like marry your business to or divorce your business from. But I do think that these are, this is the, like the funnest way to start thinking about your business, I think. Because we can do all the great stuffs with the coaching. We can do great stuffs with the offer building. But what do we do about all this time and missed opportunity? Yeah. I have a million bad ideas that I could bake into if I knew in the beginning, like my dream, here's my dream functional I fitness gym. I know what it is. My dream functional care. fitness gym is a gym where you have the rigs all the way around the outside and the equipment can be packed away very tightly into most likely like a big sliding door, right? So you have your wide open space and you have it full with a global gym type vibe around the perimeter. And then it closes off because your last class is going to be done by 7.30 PM. Floors get cleaned. You have the whole place. You have a nice sound system, like a really nice sound system built up. And then you just have a DJ and your place is legitimately like liquor licensed nightclub bar that I don't even run, by the way, that I wouldn't own. I would just rent the place out at night. And they would be finishing up about 2.30 in the morning and then cleaning up by about 4.30. And so three nights a week, the place would be just banging. The cleaning crew would be done just in time for me to come in and go through and launch my morning class again. But you could probably make a fair amount of money off an arrangement like that if it was done right. And if there's not people climbing through and yanking your equipment. Again, not all of these are great ideas, but some of them can be really, really, really fun. Everybody's done the uh, yoga class thing, right? Everybody's yeah. done the gymnastic stuff too. And I don't think those are bad ideas. I think sometimes they're just not great arrangements or they're not led by people that have a lot of fire under them and initiative. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that any of the, I don't know of anybody who's taken on an arrangement like a two night a week yoga class or something where they've like lost their ass on it. It's just been like less interesting or less compelling or less appreciated than they thought. And it just can't, it, it doesn't sustain. It eventually yeah. just fizzles out and it's great for, it's great when it's great. And then it kind of just goes yeah. away. But I've seen, I've seen places that do, I think even, uh, what's the guy, Stuart Brower. He has one where it's like a micro brew, like a brewery oh, sure. on, on the property. And then like a small bar front that's like kind of shared. That's like, that's, that's kind of a cool spot too. But you don't got to bring in another business. You don't got to do, you know, you don't got to set up a fast food joint in your place either. So it violates your principles, but, but I don't know, like what, so I ask you guys out there, like, what are your best ideas for covering that, for covering that time? Or do you just take it fine? I spent $6,000 a month and I use this place for six hours a day tops. Like that's yeah. fuck man. I'd be trying harder to make that gap make more sense to me. Yeah, there's another thing we hear often is definitely going to be like other personal trainers that are not trainers at your gym. Mm -hmm. So you kind of rent out your space. Yeah. And so that's another thing where too, there's value in, you may initially be like, wow, well, I'll, I'll put them great. They'll fill the dead air. They'll fill the dead space. But if you have somebody that is personal training and now you're talking to them, it's like, well, do they want a completely private experience for their clients mm -hmm. or... 
Are they cool with the fact that there's going to be a group class that's going to be getting ran, but they still have space and the ability to do what they want to do, you know, off to the side or whatever, based off of the square footage or location of your gym. There's a lot of value in being able to have people that may not already be a part of your community that are working in a one-on-one fashion, just like you said, but now are leads from someone else. Like, oh man, like they're kind of banging, like they're having a good time hanging out in this space. There might be more here. So that it just allows you to be able to, it doesn't yeah. always have to fill dead air. No, and those those arrangements are always interesting too. There's a lot I've seen people do flat rate arrangements per month, right? And they just sure. pay X amount per month, and they come in and they just you have a respect agreement with the gym owner. I highly recommend that you do every single thing in writing in regards to these things. But you know, you can have an agreement where you're like, yeah, hey man, I won't crowd your shit if you got some stuff going on. We'll work around each other. And usually, those types of good guy agreements can work pretty well up to a certain scale. Um, if you want to do a per session per hour type thing or per client hour type arrangement, there's plenty of ways that that can be done as well. But everybody has to be on board with that, including the personal trainer and you as a gym. There's gets to be weird things. If you're pricing and how are you comfortable? Can you just sell somebody over to that person one-on-one? Cause that's kind of nice too. Are you guys comparable in coaching style? Are you not? There's a lot more to that relationship than I think, um, that for me, that's a relationship I would tread lightly on. If I was going to bring someone in and just like, yeah, just bring your own people. I'd be like, eh. I would want a better connection with the trainer solely so that I, because I would then see immediately like, perfect. You're just going to be my first employee who's an employee. I don't have to pay full time because you're actually selling and taking some initiative. And you just, the money I make off you, I'm not making it and then setting aside the money that goes to you. It's going the other way around. You make the money and you just give me my nut and I don't got to worry about it. That's kind of freaking sweet too as a gym owner. This costs very little extra time other than the arrangement. And you do just get money handed to you. That's kind of nice. If, if, if time is an issue for you and you can't stretch yourself out any thinner, well, perfect. Bring in a coach. And by the way, if you like that coach, you can start working in their one-on-one stuff into your own packages, which then makes it really nice. Like if I can't sell my own time anymore as a gym owner and I don't have any other employees that I can bring in and plug in, I at least have the ability now I can say, all right, trainer A, you're kind of my guy. It's been nice having you around here in the gym. I've got some people that I think would like some one-on-ones for these specific reasons. And let's see if we can get on the same page and then I can just hand people his way. Um, I think that's the arrangement that I would like to have in the long run, but you can do a lot of like preliminary feeling each other out and things like that. Um, because if this is, this does border on actually hiring a person, you know, so quality control, um, you know, you're going to have to go through like a fairly reasonable in-depth interview process because you kind of are putting your stamp on them, giving them the key to your building. And, um, yeah. So I think that's one way to definitely do it. One of the things that I really dig too, is we've talked about this a couple of times, Tyler, where we've worked with some folks that, especially the gym owners that we've worked with, they've voiced the idea where they want their coaches or they have some coaches that are way more entrepreneurial minded. where the coach wants the gym owner wants to be able to like support and motivate those coaches to like, Hey, like, yeah, build your, build whatever your business is or your club or your idea is, but allow them to kind of run with it to where almost they're already a coach that they trust. They're already somebody that's integrated into the community to where now almost allows the permission of kind of their own people to start to grow almost as, 
a mini business owner to where now it's a totally different arrangement than kind of like, oh, I just show up, clock in, coach my class, and then clock out to where now, and of course there's different financial arrangements. So now there is motivation to where that coach does, just like you said, they're the ones that are actually making the big money and they're just really kind of just renting the space that could fill those other hours. So now it's kind of, I don't know, it always feels like it's, if you have a group of coaches, they're always waiting for you to kind of give them the next thing, give them the next opportunity to where you can flip that mindset a little bit. And now someone's like, well, Hey, how hung, however hungry they are, then they can go chase it and they can yeah. go and do lots of cool things. Cause now it's something they're super passionate about. Yeah. So there's other things that fall in line too, with the, the empty space of, so we've talked about bringing in say complete outside offerings, right? Uh, yoga stuff, uh, any, I mean, you have, frankly, the people have nice spaces. You just have nice spaces. And so it's not unreasonable for seminars, events, things like this to come in. None of these are going to be like a pillar of your income, but these are good ways. If you start to think of these things, you can grab a handful of these opportunities a year and it can amount to 10 to $30,000 in your pocket in a year. If you just hang on to a few of these things. And, and for some of us as a gym owner, that's, I mean, that's the difference between like getting by and like, all right, that extra, an extra few grand a month, like goes a really long ways. If you could just plug in a few of these things as you go. Um, trying to think of what other ones I had, John, there was some fun stuff out there. Uh, but none of it was anything I took terribly seriously. Cock, cock fighting. You could, yeah, bring in. <laughs> you could do you could do a number of things that uh, really what we're now can you grow weed in your gym in the basement you, i mean let's think live. outside the box here <laughs> it depends on where your gym is located <laughs> and what you're willing to do for your electricity bill and really if you're looking to cover that midnight to 3 a.m period the world is your oyster yeah. i mean there's quite a few things <laughs> that you could probably creatively come up with yeah. um no i will tell you like really common things so like when i was so when I worked in education and I was a principal of a private school. And so we had, we were one of the few schools in our immediate area that had a gym. Yeah. So we had a great, big, nice gym that had, we were in Florida. It had air conditioning. So that was really important. So we constantly were coming up with ways of creatively using that space on the weekends when school was closed, renting it. So we oftentimes, just like you said, it's, if there were, um, local like networking groups so it was like kiwanis or key club or um rotary and other like networking groups like if they wanted to throw an event or throw a gala or throw something where they know they're going to go somewhere else especially like you said if you take the time to have any type of lighting any type of sound system you now kind of really open yourself up to really be able to be a space for events themselves so i know it was something yeah. we did a lot just because now space, especially if you're anywhere that's cold, a heated indoor space, I mean, holy shit, there's a lot of things, there's lots of things <laughs> that people would love to just not be stuck somewhere and not doing it at someone's like basement or garage. Yeah. Well, so like things that have evolved over the last few years that I think have take out, taken off pretty well is like the co-working space. You know, that's what I do for all of my work. And I never thought that I would. I, I was like, I'll just work from home or I'll get out of bottom having a co-working space all of a sudden i go and i pay for a desk that sits next to a bunch of other desks and has almost no privacy right but i really enjoy it (laughs) 
you know what I mean? It works. Oh, it's yeah. the perfect arrangement for me. Now that's not ideal for your gym, but there's a lot of these new types of arrangements. I think that, that, that I think that you should be, be on the lookout for other businesses, other people, other entrepreneurs. Like this is going to be a networking type situation before you need to be totally. open to ideas and you need to have conversations with other people who are open to having these ideas. Um, and something will fall in your lap at the right time where you go, all right, this is worth doing. Otherwise you're going to come up. You are going to come up with bunches of ideas that aren't worth doing much like 60% of what I presented you on this show. But <laughs> the truth is in the end, you need to find something because this is, you're just leaking money out this door at this time. I mean, that's, that is one resource that you're paying for that you're not getting nearly the right amount of benefit for. You know, if you were a grocery store, the worst solution to have would be to be open only from two to 6 PM, right? That would suck. We need to, we need to open up our opportunities to where we can make money because we got to keep the place warm. We got to keep the cold food. We got, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into just having a place under your responsibility for 24 hours. And if you only have 25% of that time, able to be generating revenue or or just fulfilling on the product that you've sold. It's a, it's a big, big swing and a miss. So one of the other things to consider is, and I, I personally have not fleshed this out with the gym. I know some that have, but uh 24 hour fitness, a 24 hour model, sure. 24 hour access is a huge one. Um, I see lots of opportunities in it. I see lots of potential headaches. Um, I see most of it probably for most gym owners being worth it if they priced it right. And I have not, uh, looked at anyone's specifics numbers when I, and transitioned somebody into this to where I couldn't, anything I'm saying now would be purely speculating, but I would say you could pert near charge at least another 50% on top of what your membership is for 24 hour access. If not just doubling your, your base membership price for someone that wants 24 hour access. It's just a so outside the box product that's and, it, and it's going to be a thing for people that are really wanting to be invested that maybe aren't that interested in coaching. So someone that's going for that thing is going to not be most likely your most valuable coaching client that I think if you do go 24 hour access with your gym and you are a functional fitness gym, I think that that service should be expensive. Is it, but is that, is that in combination with so many ideas that we see and, I know I did when I had a gym and I see tons of folks do, which is like just, well, it's open gym. Is that the concept of, is this challenging the idea of 24 hour access? Cause it would be more interesting to me, honestly, of the idea where it's like, well, Oh, there's open gym hours, mm -hmm. which are never convenient hours that I want to train in no. anyway, which is yeah. probably why it's open gym. But like, it would be way more interesting for me where it's like, there's open gym hours, but it is, 24 hour access like Correct. now if like if i have a fob that's a much more interesting proposal because there's the fact is the gym that i go to now it's not 24 hour access but it's just essentially just open gym right i can go yeah. and i can use the facility however i want but they don't have any like goddamn equipment that i want <laughs> like there's a way more equipment that i want that a yeah. functional fitness gym would have but i'm i don't i'm just not there mentally that yeah. i want to do like it's 
but I don't want to do somebody else's programming for somebody else's class. It's very specific of what I want to do right now, and it's not going to be the dude just down the street that has the local functional fitness box. And I think, you know, if this is like all things, this is purely hypothetical for me at this point. So how would I do it? Offhand, I would say, yes, you can do it at any time. You can be be in at any time that there's not a group class scheduled. Right. So that does block off those times. You know, there may be... I think again, what scale are we talking about here? Like, how many are you? How many people are you going to upsell to this right away? Is it fifty? You think out of your membership, you'd upsell fifty people into this uh, into this arrangement? If you did, good. But if let's say it's only ten or twenty, right, to start, or maybe you limit it. What you need to work out for specifically is that arrangement. Just are like, can we can we do this with a good guy arrangement? I Meaning, like, yeah, you know, we got classes at five and six, but like, so we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. So if you're going to deadlift, you got to be out of the way, they out of their way. You know, you yeah. got you, you can be reasonable. Some of you guys will never have the space to do it. You couldn't do that stuff at the same time because you just don't ha- don't have the space. And that's important to note with our running one on ones and stuff. Yeah, if we're all out of a single garage, it's tough. You can do a small group and maybe a one-on-one. I feel you on there. And with group fitness or with, with 24-hour fitness and group fitness, I think. but I think if you've got the space, I really think people can work around each other, truthfully. And if they're not, you have too many people in your class. You know what I mean? If one or two people can't be in there squatting sure. and not doing your class, like that's, again, they should be paying more money than they are for your group. I, I think your group membership is your base. I think that's an upsell out of that into it, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone should be paying for uh, your 24 hour access. It doesn't also get the option to get locked in with your community. Cause I think that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You don't sell them on community. You let community keep them. Right. Um, and so I think that I, that's how I would do it offhand. I might be wrong on a couple of those things, but these are the things you should be thinking about guys. Cause that's a fucking fun, exciting new proposal for your gym. You want to fire up your gym and your members. You want to offer offer new opportunities. You want to sell some programming that's just some fucking workouts that's specialized, that's scalable. You have to have it under this model or else, I don't know, you're going to have to do it all under them going to somebody else's place to do it or just doing it during your open gym windows. It's very tricky. Okay. You have outdoors too. Mm Mm-hmm. Not around here. So you (laughs) get... You could get one of those uh, vocational schools to get a blacksmith or a welding shop that wants to open up outside and they can work on whatever fucking equipment you're constantly breaking <laughs> yeah. in your goddamn gym. So you yeah. got people welding out front. And now you got, <laughs> like, I guess I always go to schools to be like, you could open up. You gotta, now you have schools. So now well, you this is what you, what you do is you take the university model, which is you just be like, oh, we don't pay anybody for doing anything. It, like, universities <laughs> is just indentured servitude. Yeah. So you're going to be an intern, which just means uh-huh. you do work for me and we don't pay you. Right. Right. Well, yeah, but you can clock hours, Tyler, and it's experience. <laughs> You can't put a price on experience. Yeah. So I encourage you guys this week to take a look at your business. Just take a look at the vacant time that you have and the busy time that you have. Like, can we do more with the time when their people are here? Can I, can I fit more people in doing something different instead of just more of the same thing? Because could you coach a group class that normally has 15 people? Could you build that to 20 or 25? Yes, but that might suck. 
Whereas you could have that group of 15 people and then get maybe a semi-private group of four, five people, a custom private group of three or four people, and then maybe another one-on-one that goes on concurrently. You know, and you can have less experienced coaches. You can be there to handhold. You can still give the clients that are familiar with you the familiarity of seeing you, but now you can start to branch out. I think that's worth looking into. I think finding other ways to make use of the empty time in your gym, the vacant time in your gym, the downtime in your gym, find ways to make that stuff make a little bit of money, make a little bit of your money back. You don't have to go all in on 24-hour fitness or all the other things we were speculating on, but you should start to solve some of the problems. Like, all right, this gym is only giving me the opportunity to make money X amount of hours a day. I'd like to change that. Start by leaning in that direction. Yeah. And just a healthy brainstorming session. And it's one of the things we talk about inside of gym hacking university. And we go into this, especially because we, we force everybody to go through brainstorming sessions and each um, facet of the businesses are building out their foundation, but it's, there's no wrong answer. So if it is growing weed, if it is creating a professional horseshoe club that people are going to throw horseshoes out front or whatever it's going to be, it's ping pong tables, pack up, it's take up less space than rowers. You'd be surprised. All things. There's axe throwing. <laughs> that's like whatever, yeah. whatever the things are, it's, there's no wrong answer. So, and I think it's, it's this, it's, it's shifting that mindset of like, how can this be done? How could we do this? Like, I want to make more money or I want to improve the community or I want to do this or I want to do that. And it's, but you don't allow yourself to even play. I hate, I am, I hate the what if game. If you ask my wife, what's the number one thing that your husband hates? It's the what if game. Well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? What if everybody fucking killed themselves? And the fucking satellite (laughs) ran through there? Like, it's, what are you talking about? Like what? And, and, but this is more than that. This is allowing yourself to kind of creatively explore, just like you said, because it's 90% of the ideas that you're going to brainstorm are not going to be the one that you choose. Yeah. But holy shit, something will shake out to where it's like, maybe we could do a DJ. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we could do something where it's like, you're not going to know. And, and it's fail fast. Yeah. Like it's if it's an idea, fucking go after it, see how it could work first. And then see, okay, could we actually test this out? Yeah. You know, don't fucking, don't bet the farm on every <laughs> fucking idea that you got. But at the end of the day, you do want to allow yourself a little bit of leeway to creatively, just like you said, kind of problem solve. And because there's too many folks, Tyler, that we hear from all the time that it's just, I want it to be this. And then it's, I want my life to be this way. And it's okay. And it's kind of the next questions are like, all right, kind of what are you doing about it? And well, it's, <laughs> it's whatever, or, or worse, it's like all these excuses for why it's like, well, it'll be impossible. Like I yeah. can't do it because of this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, then you are guaranteed not to be able to get whatever it is that you wish you had. If you're not willing to even play the game, even for a moment with yourself of being like, how could we make this possible? And now things can open up. So it's a healthy activity that you should at least do man, every once in a while, once a yeah. week, once a month to allow your brain just to float for a few minutes and be like, what could we do? Well, and don't go as far as I do. We talked about this on some of our others. Like, you can become an insufferable version of yourself by doing too much of this. Be like, you know what sure. I would do? Here's how I would make this better. And that, that, does, that, that can be exhausting and not fruitful. But I do think, for those of you out here, I think take, take, take a look. I think there's a more opportunities in there than you think. And besides, like, you can you might need a break from trying to figure out how to sell more 
or how to do more. Or, you know what I mean? There's always a lot of that. Like right now, okay, you're trying to solve money problems. What are you going to do? You're going to spend less. You're going to figure out how you get more people in. Those are kind of your to do your your things right now, right? And you're rebuilding your offers and doing all that stuff. But that's all very much kind of in this one space. And so just detach from all that for a little bit and think about some interesting ways you can maybe pull in an extra 500 here or 1,000 here using, frankly, your most valuable asset at the moment, your most valuable asset that you're paying for right now. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I think that you're, you're putting the money in there. Might as well put a little bit of time into figuring out what you can get out of it. And I think thinking outside of the box, I think thinking fitness wise is going to be important because I think there might be a very novel fitness solution for you out there in this. I think thinking completely outside of the fitness space is worth doing as well, because I do think that some of that stuff can be the real game changers and look at what real estate goes. What if your hours just simply don't overlap with a specific type of thing where somebody could make do. I don't know what these arrangements are, but I think you should start looking because that type of money is that's the easiest money you're going to find. NASCAR. We sell every square inch, all the walls. We sell everything and and then we put sponsorships everywhere. It's all over the place. I am also interested in that. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I've had, but I've, I had people contact us when we opened our gym originally realtors wanted to get in one way or another and like can i like put a sign up inside your gym like i'll pay you for yeah. it so people know we did and I was it like, we did it with the gym for the school we sold yeah. banner space all over the gym what i would have what i told them was if this is for networking i said i would prefer you actually train here uh because if you just and so that was the thing for me right so me and my yep, business I like ethic i very much was very protective of the other people that I brought in to allow to solicit to my members. Because people know, the, and by the way, there's still opportunities to be had in this, because people do know your client base has very specific demographics. They have very specific interests. Most likely they have higher income than most. You know, if you're a functional fitness gym, it's about the most expensive gym you're going to go to in most towns. So for the most part, there's a certain demographic there for realtors, car dealers, like lots of these people they would like to be connected to. I had a person come in wanting to fucking fundraising. It was like from some job at the school. It was like, oh, I just want to come here so I can network with some of your people for our alumni fundraiser stuff. And I said, well, I'm not going to coach you if that's why you're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I understand <laughs> yeah. you can do all of that stuff. You're very upfront. You, well, you don't understand. Like, I do this because I give a fuck. <laughs> and you are here because you don't. You're hunting. Yeah, yeah like you're, you're poaching. Like, yeah, you once you wait outside then with a fucking clipboard, <laughs> with, you know, with the the thing, a bucket, with a bucket asking people. Well, money. the same person was like, "Well, I don't really want to have to pay for it, so I'm hoping that my job will pay for it since it's networking stuff." And I was like, "I don't want you in my gym because Ooh, your whole attitude on this whole thing sucks," you know. So defend your defend your culture, defend your ethic, and what you're trying to yeah. do with this. You don't got to just be slimy, but plenty of opportunities, no, guys. Uh, go ahead, John. Jeff. I was just gonna say, just we we talked about this before, but like certainly things that like leaning in, like leaning into your culture a little bit, that yeah. might help like free up of like your creativity. Because I, I just I love the pale horse powerlifting, yeah, dude on Instagram so much. So it's just like tattoo parlor. So what you need is yeah. you need a tattoo parlor in the back. <laughs> like it's I'm thinking of like things of like all right, you need a whiskey bar and then you need a tattoo parlor. Yeah. And then everyone hail Satan before they leave. Yeah, I would like go I would go bar slash metal nightclub. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, anyway, get, just a, tons of opportunity out there, guys. But start thinking in terms of this stuff. This isn't gonna change the game for you, but it might give you a, 
a fucking like a be a fun little problem that you solved this week and put a little money in your pocket so go to community.hackergym.com share your little uh how you make use of your empty space uh we'll see if we can get a little bit of a conversation going regarding that in that group community.hackergym.com you can follow me on instagram at tyler f and stone john you can follow me at jbanksfl all righty guys uh follow the show at the gym owners podcast on instagram leave us a review and we will see you next week Adios.